Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. 
Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1 and it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshaies is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshaies has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshaies. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection. Brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. I am looking forward to having this show with you today. And, and I have to tell you, the show is going to be a little different. Uh, we're going to have, uh, we're going to ask the men to be extremely honest about what it is that they feel and they think uh, related to the subject that I'm going to select. Uh, right now, we only have one person on the call. How are you doing, uh, Nate? How are you doing today? Doing pretty good, sir. How are you doing today? Nate, I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, you've always been honest in the past, and I'm going to ask you to be honest uh, today as well. I I want to talk about a subject that we is kind of taboo for men to talk about. I want to talk about a subject uh, uh, related to our manhood and what makes us men and how we carry ourselves and how do we uh, want to be respected? And so 
Uh, Nate, I'm going to go ahead and start the conversation, even though it's just you and I on, on the okay on the phone now. We ask our young men to be respectful of police officers, and we ask them to um, be concerned first about their safety and wanting them to get home as safely as possible. And we want them to do that because um, we know how dangerous it can be when officers are now out there things and making them into big things. And uh, we want to believe that it's, it's more important for young men to get home than it is to demand that our officers respect them as citizens no matter what. And I sent out a few videos today about some things that took place. One was jaywalking in Jacksonville, and one one young man stood his ground, and the other young man was like, man, come on, let's, you know, I don't want to go get in no trouble. Let's just do whatever you say and go move on. But at some point, we all realize as men, what makes us a man and what sets us apart uh, from females is that we're willing as men or we're taught as men as we grow up that there's certain lines that others are not supposed to cross. And even if uh, even if it costs us a beatdown, we just don't let men, other men do certain things uh, come in our space. Too, and we just got Cheryl on the line. She has a son who is uh, in college. But we, you and I want to talk today so she'll have an understanding of some of the difficulties men have as we walk through life because we are we are grown and we are we are we're told that that we have to uh, hold our ground, so to speak. And so uh, I'm going to have to tell you this. I'm 57 years of age. And the last time I struck a man in anger was when this man who I had known for a long time chose to put his hand on me when I asked him to, to not touch me. And so I asked him several times, look, man, don't touch me. And he thought it was a game, you know, and I became irritated because I thought, you know, listen, you are going beyond your boundaries. You putting your hand on me is a game, and you're not fearful of what happens to you, might happen to you. So it's irritating me because you just won't leave my space alone. So what I did was, at some point, I just lost it, and I backhanded him as hard as I could in his face, and we was in the car together. And normally, I don't strike out in anger, but normally, people don't touch you when you tell them not to touch you. Not to. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, you know, one of the things that I sent out the videos, I understand as a man, you don't want to relinquish that part of you that says, I have the right to have a certain amount of space 
that is mine. And that anyone violating that space is subject to my wrath. And so right. you and I both know that I don't want Mac Tyson coming up and touching me. But I would like to believe, even though I know I wouldn't, say, man, you better get your hand off me. I'm going to strike back. You know, I don't want a confrontation with anybody I know got hands that are better than mine and who might knock mm-hmm. me out. But still you True. have want the respect of your own space. And anybody violating that space creates a attitude within you as a man that makes you feel discomfortable if you can't even police your own space. So, Nate, do you, do you understand what I'm talking about today when we're asking our boys uh, to humble themselves to the fact, to a place where they're not even in control of their own space? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, my son, who's living with me now, he was in, living in New Smyrna Beach, and he was telling me about an incident where he had got tased up there. And that's one of the reasons why I got him here to get him out of that area and environment and everything. And, but, you know, he did kind of bring that on himself. And, you know, I saw one of the videos that you had sent when a um, young man was walking in, the police just grabbed him and everything. It wasn't so much he was touching. He, he grabbed him like he was a child and everything. Now, as being black men, we already feel disrespected as it is. We already feel like no matter what we do, we have to go uh, above or beyond the call of duty just to be recognized. Even when I walk, you know, here in Winter Park, I go out of my way to smile at people to show them that I'm no threat or anything. When I see the police officer, I wave to them and say, hey, I appreciate you and everything like that. You know, it, we have to go out our way to show that we mean no harm and everything. And that, and that takes a lot of work. Because it's like the average person don't have to do that. You know, when I go in a store and everything, you know, I'm always on guard because it doesn't take but one little minor flare-up for it to turn into a full-fledged fire. So I'm very careful. But when, but I have to agree with you, you know, I have a right to protect my space. If I'm not bothering you, then don't don't, don't come bother me. Don't, don't, don't come putting your hands on me, anything like that. I don't try to go for bad, anything like that, you know. But I think when it comes to us as black men, especially when it comes to somebody putting their hands on, especially uh, 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 somebody of, uh, of another color, especially somebody that's white, it really intensifies because we grew up hearing about the story, how granddaddy, uh, my mom told me about how my granddaddy got chased by the Klan, how my, how my mom and my granddaddy and the whole family got chased out of, by the Klan in South Carolina when she was a little girl, and hopefully one day she'll get to tell that story here on the radio. And when you hear stuff like that growing up and everything, you don't you, you say to yourself, that's not going to be me. I'm not going to be chased by anybody on any level and everything like that. And when I hear my daddy tell him about the stories about what he been through, I remember when I was a little kid right there in Winter Garden, I remember the first time I got called nigger. And when I told my father, that's the first time I ever seen him cry. He said, son, I was hoping that you would never have to endure that and everything. Seeing my daddy cry brought anger on my face. And at that time, right after 6 o'clock, you couldn't be in Okoy. If you was a black person in Okoy, you were going to catch it. So we couldn't even go in Okoy uh, uh, after 6 o'clock and everything. James, when you've been from this area, you, you, you know about Okoy 
and everything. And um, so when you're growing up like that, yeah, Biflo and Christmas, all the other places, yeah, and Taft. So, so when you're growing up, you seeing all this, all this hostility towards you because of your skin color, and and like 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 the man said in the video, the only weapon you on on the weapon on you is your skin color. It 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 it, it does cause a sense of anger. If that police officer would have grabbed me, the same way he grabbed that young man there, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be very, very honest with you. I don't know if I would not would have hit that man for grabbing me like that. But the simple fact of the matter is, for one, you coming up behind me and just grabbing me for no reason, like because you could. Two, you scam me. That's the biggest reason right there, you scam me. I'm gonna feel like I'm gonna have to defend myself, badge or no badge. You know, because one of the things he had going for him is that somebody was recording that. We ain't always so lucky. Right. You know, I, and right. I have to take that into consideration. You know, that my actions is going to cause a reaction. So I always try to think like that and everything. But that's why I was trying to make myself known in the neighborhood. I, I tell my son when he go out, I say, all right, son, understand this is one apart. You know, this ain't New Smyrna. Get to know the people. Let them know you mean no harm. Get to know the police officer. Let get, get, get introduce yourself to them. Let them know who you are and everything. In case it is this and that, they they know that's Kiron. You know it's hard to teach our young men to be humble when they're not being respected. It's it's, it's hard. I mean it it, it is hard. Just like yesterday we was talking about being a veteran. They don't care about me being a veteran. Now, when they got that badge and when they got that uh, sidearm on them, they they don't care about that. Because what they're going to see first, they don't know if I'm a veteran or not. What they're going to see first is a black man. We're in 2018, and we're still talking about issues of being black, especially when it comes to being a man. Especially if you dress a certain way. If you have dreads or if your pants kind of sag or you fit in a certain profile, you're going to get handled a certain way. And I don't blame that young man for being uh, mad as he was. And everything like that. I, I, I do not blame it. Then the cop lied, said uh, um, he wasn't going to be arrested. Then so the other cop come on, they tell he's under arrest. How many times has that happened in, 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 in our history? I had an incident one time going to my unit, my last duty station here in Orlando. A police officer pulled me over. I was in uniform and everything like that. He seen how mad I was because he, he pulled me over for no reason. I'm asking why he pulled me over. He on the radio calling um um other um deputies and everything like that, and I was that mad I was willing to fight, but I, but the thing that saved me that I was in uniform, I didn't want to disrespect my uniform, but the fact is you saw my skin color first, then you saw the uniform. Mm-hmm. That does make you mad. That does upset you, and everything like that. I'm a man. I'm not a thing. I'm not an object. I'm not an ape or an animal or anything like that. So when you have that stereotype, and I and I know it's not all white people, and I know it's not all white people. I'm not gonna blame all white people. I got some some friends who have been good to me, who had done just as much as me as as black folks done. So I'm not gonna. But as a whole, when I walk them streets, I'm very careful. I, I purposely put on a smile to show them that I'm not an angry black man. Cause deep down, I do have some anger in me when it comes to situations, but. If that had been me, James, I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot tell you I wouldn't have not swung on that cop. You know, you got me in public. You humiliate me. You got me on display. 
like you the boss man and I'm the slave and all this. No, I'm a man. I'm a 47-year-old man. I don't even do my son like that. And I'm his daddy. I don't even do him like that. I talk to him. So if I can talk to my son, which I'm older than, why well, you can't come tell me, hey, Saki, uh, get out of the road. It's for your safety reason. Just show me some respect. Now, at the end of the day, I think that's all any of us ask for, just some respect. You know, it goes a long way. When the police pull me over, I stick my hand out the windows and everything like that. They come out and ask me, why your hands out of the window? I said, I want to show you I'm no threat to you. I want to de-escalate the situation before it get escalated. I was overseas. I've been in the military. I want to show you I'm not a threat to you. And when I come at them like that, majority of the times, um, they'll let me go and everything like that. You know, I try to be courteous and respectful because at the end of the day, I don't want I don't want to get full of holes. And and that's what it is. And, that is. And, that's, and that's what all of us have experiences as being men. And Cheryl, um, Z just came on, and I want you to have an understanding of all the men before I go, come to you and we talk about your son. But um, the deal is, is that all of us have, are men, and we deal with different sets of situations. I am six six. And I'm a big guy now, much bigger than I need to be. But throughout my life, I've been tall and I've been menacing. And sometimes I've used that menacing fig- uh, figure to my advantage. Time I've just used it to say, hey, you know, just, you know, look, don't don't try me. I ain't messing with you. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with me kind of deal. And so, but I, it's, you know, I can understand throughout my life, you know, I have, I have, I've not been one of those people engaged in a lot of fights and probably a lot of reasons, as long as I, you know, mind my business, you know, people don't want to deal with what, that, what might be the case. They don't know if I got hands or not, but they, they don't want to yeah. know. But the issue is, though, that I do have my space. And the quick and, and I grew up thinking, hey, look, don't put your hands on me, and I ain't gonna put my hands on you, you know. But right. you put your hands on me, you are gonna get all of me. It ain't gonna be part of me. You understand? I remember when I was teaching in a classroom, and a young man tried me in Virginia. He said he wanted to go to the restroom. I said, listen, you can't go to the restroom. So he got out of his seat and he balled up his hands. And I said, listen, hmm. you hit me. I'm a, you know, you're going to become a man because I'm going to beat you like a man. You know, because that's right thing that men don't allow people to do to them. And so when we have this issue with police officers not respecting African-Americans, you have to recognize that it is very difficult for us to allow them to, vi- to violate our space when we know we ain't did nothing, you know. When when you could just talk to me, just stand up here and I'll talk to you, man to man, putting your hands on me and I'm feeling like I ain't did nothing, it, it is very difficult to let them have their way when I know our mothers and mothers and our aunts and our nieces and all those want you to be safe, but it's hard to be safe when somebody's violating your space. And so, you know, we, you know, 
I sit here and I think about it, and that's why I talk sometimes about feeling like a second-class citizen because a first-class citizen should always be able to, to do, if he can't do nothing else, he ought to be able to protect his space. Uh, D, you have, and then we want you to be honest, you know, D, I'm telling everybody, we want the men to be honest right now. You know, because I've known times when my when I felt like it's not a good feeling to have your space violated and you feel like it ain't nothing you can do about it. Well, good evening, everybody, and uh, thank you, James, uh, uh, for the opportunity to be honest because I can't do anything but be honest in order, in order to be helpful. I have to be honest. Um, I'm going to expound on what Nate was saying. Uh, there's a lot of good, good information. Uh, first of all, I respect you, man, and I love you like a brother. Um, some, some of the, some of the information that you was, some of the advice or the information was given that you was giving, though I got to tell you, from a older person, respectfully, point of view, it was kind of conflict of, uh, kind of conflicting. Um, one of which is now when you when you speak about the anger issue, uh, especially when it comes down to people violating your space. Um, everything that I'm I'm about to say to you, uh, Nate and and James, everything I'm about to say to you is going to be projected toward informing the younger black man. We we can't necessarily. Uh, Enlighten them on how to act if we are are bent on trying to uh, inform them on how we uh, how we as older black men would react. That's not helping them at all. Because when it comes down to the new era of things, and we are definitely there, they have to be able to ascertain the situation. And to make better judgment calls, to for the for for, for nothing else, de-escalate the situation. That's their responsibility. Their responsibility is to get home safely to their mama. And so, if that's the case, then you got to know when it's time to fight and when it's time to flight. On the real. Because now, uh, actually, I did look at the situ- uh, look at the video. All right. So Nate, Nate explained uh, what his response would have been uh, had that been he. Well, I can I can respect that being a, a man of, of of the service and all, but uh, but to the layman black fellow who's uh, who has to go forward in this world, that doesn't help him at all. Now, um, I think it's important to. Uh, for us to get back to where we were a year ago and trying to learn how to evaluate all situations. Now, when it comes down to that guy and the situation that he was in, all right, if it's nothing in the can, all right, the ba- basic basic math now, if it's nothing in the can, I used to be a drinker, so you can't tell a drinker how 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 to not act like you ain't drinking. If you're drinking bourbon and you out and you're standing out on the strip and you're drinking bourbon, you put it in a Coke can. All right. So if it ain't nothing in the can, give the man a can. Basic science. 
if if you got something to hide, then you ain't gonna give the man the king. Now you got a whole different problem. So when we come when we're talking about being truthful, then truth is true. When the other guy wanted that's showing the video, go ahead and leave and stop trying to call the man a pig or whatever it is. Because now you're going to cause yourself a problem. Look, this is what the young people should be doing to me. In today's day where you got technology on your side, what you should be doing is a wholesome mock scenarios. Go to a restaurant or go to uh, go to anywhere you want to go. If you think the police in your area are dirty and nasty, then hold a mock scenario and have the camera there and see how you would act. Uh, with you as a black man, you then get one of your white students to come out and do the exact same thing and see how you would act toward him. Same cop will be on the beat. See, we got to start using doing, uh, using smarter measures to entrap them. Because why? Because they are predictable. The, the predictability is on our side. But we got to be smart and know how to use the situations at hand so we can use the, these videos to take it to their police department and, and have them do the, the, the correct thing and correct the measure. Lastly, had the man didn't have anything in the can, he should have demanded his field uh, superior to come on the scene. Now, if Reverend Smith was on, on, on the line, he may be able to confirm if that's possible for him to, to have that request made. So do what you're supposed to do. Don't do, don't do the obvious and act the, the N-word. I'm sick of that. I am solely sick of that. They're going to get you shot and killed, and we're going to never get nowhere. Thank you, James. That's my honest opinion. And I appreciate that, uh, D, because uh, it's in direct conflict with, uh, I guess, with what I'm feeling right now. When I was watching the videos, and I go about my day every day, and I've lived as a professional all my life, and... um I've had some experiences that leave me uh, where I have not gotten into conflict with police officers, but I've had an attitude. And um, basically, you know, I knew that I was in the right most of the time, and and, and I, it didn't flare up. But, but I'll give you a, for instance, I sent in a money for a ticket, and I was $15 or so short. And so, uh, my, um, so I sent in the rest of them. No, 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 this was the answer. I, was, I got caught with my brake lights out, and they gave me a $15 ticket. I paid the ticket two or three days before the deadline, and then I went with one of my friends, and he helped me pay the ticket on the, um, on the computer. So when I got pulled over, the man told me that my driver's license had been suspended. And I know he was looking to arrest me for driving on suspended license. But I had the receipt for the ticket I paid. And so I knew in his face, I looked at him, he was real upset because he thought he he had a trainee with him. And he wanted to show his the trainee, you know, how you arrest somebody and take them downtown and so forth, he didn't know that I was a police review board member and that I had ridden with the police 
and know that they'll arrest you for a little anything just to put you on show and tell. And so when he realized that I had the receipt for the the ticket, he, um, the rookie, gave me my driver's license and the receipt back. The veteran came back up to my car and took my and took my driver's license and said to me, if I were you, I wouldn't be right driving without a driver's license. Now, you just took my driver's license for no reason because there was no reason to take my driver's license because I had the receipt where I paid the ticket. And so I felt like a second-class citizen. But I have never experienced a man putting his hands on me. So, Reverend one of the things I want to ask you about is, you know, men have personal space. And we don't like people or anybody violating our personal space. That means you walking up into my face, you point your finger in my face. All of those are violations of human, you know, men's space. And we normally lash out when people do that. And so... It is obvious to me that we're asking our young people uh, when they're in the right to kind of bow down and just allow people to violate their space. You're right, James, in so many respects, but you're, you're wrong when it comes down to what is your space. You know, and I know what you're talking about, but what is your space? You're going to get somebody killed with that because, and and you're making a general statement when you say policemen. Say, really, truthfully, I wish we would say some police officers because all police officers, like I was, wasn't like that. You got 90% of your officers out there are really good people, 90%. But you also got a a small percentage of individuals out there who are going to get up in your face because they're trying to push you into doing something so that they can get another mark on their records. They really are. But most In general, most of them are really good people. But going back to your space, when an officer asks you to do something, I know we call ourselves with these purple circles. That's what my wife used to call it. This is my purple circle. Don't get in it. All right? But then we're doing things that we know that we're actually inviting people into our purple circle. When you're wrong, you're just flat out wrong. And most, a lot of times, the police officer, some of, some of them are wrong, but most of the time they are right. If they ask you something, just do it. There is a, there is a legal procedure, a due process that you can go through to make that right. It really is. And we are setting a bad precedent. Like 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 uh, D was saying, when we are telling our young boys, don't let nobody violate your space. Stand up, 
stand up. There's a time and a place for everything. A time and a place for everything. And your best scenario is to go and deal with that situation in front of, like you said, you was on a police review board. Take it to the courts. Take it through the system. Because if you fight them in the street, you are not going to win. No matter what you do or how good you do it, you are not going to win. Because they are going to find a way to destroy your behind. So that's what Reverend we have to like these Go ahead. Let me ask you this, and and again, I'm, I'm I'm asking all the men. Cheryl is the only female on right now. I'm asking all the men to um, to be honest. You know for a fact that since you were old enough to realize that you were a man or you were a little boy, you cultivated or created a space which you would not allow people to violate. You wouldn't let a man just walk up in your face or put his finger in your face or, you know, we used to have that thing, the baddest man hit my hand. You know, they'd do anything to start a fight because they know you. if if they stimulated that he touched you, even though he didn't touch you, but he was, he was crazy enough to touch your friend and then he touched you, that's a violation. And so we grow up knowing that we have a space and we want people just to respect it. And certainly I do know that uh, the majority of police officers are good and I've worked on the police force to want to um, to make it better here in Orlando. But I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just being the devil's advocate. I understand when young men don't want people to put their hands on you when they ain't did nothing. And it's really difficult. Uh, Again, you weren't here, Reverend Smith, but I told um, Nate, the last time I struck a man in anger was because I had this man with me who who, who used to do some silly things. But he he kept putting his hands on me. He kept touching my arm. And I said, hey, man, look, don't be touching me, man. I don't want you touching me. You know, and I couldn't, I didn't know what kind of freaky thrill he was getting out of touch with me, but I backhanded him as hard as I could. And it's because it is just that, it is just something about your space. You don't let men walk up and put their finger in your face. You don't let men walk up and be nose to nose with you, even if they ain't touching you, because there is a space that you deem that is yours. Is, is that not true? That that is true. I, I, when I what I was speaking of, I thought you all were only talking about police officers. Now, I'm not going to let the average man out there walk up and put his face nose to nose and put his finger in my. No, I'm not going to do that either. But what I am going to do, I'm going to invite him out of my space, just like you did about the man putting his hand on you. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Sometimes I've known to turn and walk away. But then if you continue to follow me, 
God, 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 forgive me for what I'm going to do to you because I'm not going to let you keep pushing me like that because I am a man just like you are. And if if I allow you to do it one time, then you're going to try to keep doing it. So, but I thought you were talking really about police officers violating your space. They should only... Well, I was talking about how we come to have a space and how it's sometimes difficult to allow men, uh, regular men as well as police officers, violate that space. So you're right. I was talking about the two, but recognizing, you know, just letting, I wanted the women to know and understand uh, that men have this need to control their space. And that we find sometimes, though you're right about going through the process, it is very hurtful to uh, to get to the point where we are as men and not feel like we can protect our own space, you know. And so you feel like uh, uh, I, I can't remember the the name of the movie, but there was a movie. Uh, real, uh, that was about police officers and stuff where a, man, a black male was uh, coming from a show and he was a professional and the police officers were violating his wife and there was nothing he could do about it. And he felt so guilty and depressed about the fact that this man was violating his wife and all he was doing was taking the the uh, you know how you uh, put your hands just to make sure nobody don't have a weapon. But he was taking it a little right. bit too far. And the wife was looking back at her husband wanting the, him to stop what was happening. So I'm not saying I understand, you know, I'm not taking it that far, but I'm saying that there's a sense of unhappiness or depression when you are not allowed to protect your own space. And even we know that when somebody pull a gun on you, and the, the and the and the um, the the balance is truly unfair that you you can't you can't fight no gun with your hands. But the majority of us, even if we know a man is twice our size or maybe twice as physical than us, there's a sense of I'd rather take a whipping than allow you violate my space. You know what that's called, James? That's called machoism. That's called machoism. And that's what's wrong with a lot of the situations that we deal with out here on the street. Now, in reference to going back to that man that stood up there and let them violate their wife, now, if that's one time, I would have stepped in. You're not going to violate my wife. You do whatever you want to do to me. But you're not going to violate my wife. And that's just me. Because if, if, a man, if a police officer wants to search a female and he wants to have an intimate search, he should call a female officer if he's going to go deep into that search. Okay? So otherwise, you're, you're not supposed, by law, you're not supposed to do that. But when it comes down to actually somebody, just a natural person violating my space, we know for a fact that's machoism. 
We want him to know that we are men just like you are, and we are not going to allow you to do this to us. So I don't know. That's my thing. I'm not going to fight a police officer, but I will knock the hell out of a man who get in my purple circle. But if that police officer push me too far, if he push me too far, I'm going to knock him upside the head because he's wrong for what he's doing, okay? Now, if the situation comes down to it, like you said, we got enough technology out of here. I guarantee you, if that situation is going on, somebody's going to be taking a picture. We got two of the ladies on, and I just wanted the ladies to hear from the men before we got them involved. It's, it's kind of so when you're talking to your sons or your nephews, recognize that that's just and it starts at an early age. Don't get me wrong, and we don't get back to the men, but I can tell you, it started at a very early age that men men are just not built or created to be walked on. Uh, Cheryl and I know you're trying to raise a man. And so, I'm. Were you aware of his face uh, uh, before, while he was a little boy? Um, you know, good evening, and how's everyone doing? Um, he's ran into situations, but my son has always been real tall and big. And one thing I do, I fear for somebody else because. If he put his hands on somebody, he can hurt them really without knowing it because of his strength that he has. But when it comes to, and I'm going to deal with the, you know, the cop situation first. When it comes to police officers, you are to do every single thing that they tell you to do. You know, and just like D and Pastor Smith said, you're going to have your turn to speak up, but now is not the time. Now is not the time to prove that you're a man and that you're not going to take certain things that they tell you. You're going to do, because like right. I tell him all the time, his job is to get back home. Right. And whatever they tell you to do at that time, that's what you are to do. Like, like he told me last night, he was stopped on his way home from work. They were taking a sobriety test, and the cop stopped him when, you know, his vehicle came up next, and he just kind of held a conversation with him. And I told him, I said, well, you know what he was doing, huh? He was trying to see if your words were slurred because he just kind of asked him where he was coming from and, um, you know, where he was going, and he told him he was coming from work and told him where he worked at. You know, they were engaged in a conversation. So I told him, I said, what all, that's all he was trying to do is to see if your words were slurred enough to pull you over. And because he just let you go through. Now, that was a good situation, and I'm going to um, say that that was a good cop who was just doing his job. But right. if he ran into anybody that became arrogant with him. He is to shut his mouth. I don't care how you feel. You just keep remembering. The thing is, is to get back home safely. We will deal with it later. But you make it home 
that's where you make it home. And then if they take you to jail, you just keep your mouth shut, and we'll get there. But that's one thing. You don't escalate a situation at all. Because if you get smart, then that's going to add fuel to the fire, and it's going to make the situation worse. Now, when it comes to individuals, you know, I teach him to walk away. It's not worth it. You don't have to engage to show, because what you're going to be showing is your ignorance, because somebody else will only argue with a fool. And I don't want to categorize you, and you don't want to categorize yourself as being that fool. So if you're not there to argue with them, then they're going to eventually shut up. Then you bring the situation here. Now, when he was in school, grade school and stuff, you always show the person in charge respect. If something happens, you go to the teacher. If the teacher don't do anything about it, then you, when you get home, we'll bring it to the principal. We take the proper channels to get whatever we need resolved, resolved. But you don't take and bring yourself to their level because now you is just as worse as the other person is too. So now I have to figure out who's right and who's wrong because all you had to do was walk away, tell the person in charge, because, see, if you start to argue with that person, now you're taking over their classroom time and everything else. So you've got to show them respect. So that's pretty much, you know, what I teach them. Now, if somebody hit him, you know, I can't say that he's not going to hit him back. That I can't because he's never came and said he was hit. I can only speak for myself. And, you know, we as women, too, we have our space. I was bullied in school. And one girl repeatedly, repeatedly kept telling me, when you know me, you're going to do what I tell you to do. Well, I went to the office. I covered myself because my mama told me, don't let nobody beat you down. And when she came out of her class and came into my class and hit me, it was on. But she got suspended because I didn't. I told them as long as she talked, I'm not talking back. But if she put her hands on me, then it was going to be something different. And it was because I gave them the respect, the teacher and the principal, the respect that was due. I didn't get suspended, and she did. And eventually she came back, and she she because she wound up getting suspended and wound up getting beat. So they were teasing her, and she came back to the school on suspension, and she wound up getting expelled. So I followed the proper channels. I don't disrespect nobody that's in authority over me, and I definitely don't teach my children to do the same way, you know, same thing. So we as women, we have a space as well. But when it comes to men, we do expect y'all to be our protector. We don't expect nobody to let and I know the movie that you're talking about. I don't know if it was plane, airplane, or I, I can't. No, it wasn't. I can't remember what it was, but I do remember the the, um, the movie that you're talking about. And yes, she felt like he wasn't there to protect her, and I right. felt the same way she did. You can't protect me, then I I don't know what I'm gonna say now. Yeah, we can't. We can't. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm just saying, I hear you. I hear you, Mom. 
I hear you, sir. <laughs> I don't blame well, you. Let I don't just, blame let me just Let me just say to you, uh, Cheryl, as men, and uh, we got three men on the show, I don't know about these guys, and that's why I'm asking them to, to, um, to be honest. I have that's the that is one of the most fearful things I've ever had uh, in my life. I've never experienced no man trying me in front of my lady, but I've always feared being in a bad situation where somebody had the ups on me. And I was not able to figure out what to do about it. And I and I mean not just that situation where my lady with me, but even when I see another woman being violated, I don't want to be in a position where my manhood has to be challenged because what I see another man doing or not doing. We don't want to have to deal with those situations because it causes us, us to have to go back to who we feel we are as a man. Uh, now, I do have uh, Regina on the show, so I want Regina to have an opportunity to talk because that just puts us Dang. in a whole other situation. But we want women Dang. to understand and recognize as men we do have our space, and we and that space can be violated by men and women. You know, you, you when you have a man in your life and you, uh, you got to recognize there are men out there who don't want to touch women because they have been trained not to touch a woman. But at the same time, there's a trigger in your spirit that says, now you ain't, how many times are you going to be slapped? How many drinks are you going to let me throw in your face? When that trigger goes up. Now some men say, well, I ain't going to never hit a woman. Well, I can say that, but I ain't never been put in a position where I ain't got no mm-hmm. drinks thrown in my face. I've been slapped a few times. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I can say I wouldn't do it, but I ain't never had, I ain't never dealt with no woman who had that kind of spirit, you know. So, what I'm just dealing with today on this show, talking about these, this, 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 um, our space and how you violate people's space, especially men who have trouble relinquishing control of their space. Uh, Jane, let me. Uh, Jane, what are your thoughts about that? Hi, Jane. Go ahead, Jane. Can I, Jane? Let me add a let me add a question real quick, Jane. Let me add a question to, to and and okay. ask ask Miss Regina of this also. When it came down to the movie that we we're talking about, where the cop, or maybe it was two cops, started frisking the man's wife. All right. If you if you in a if you in a, a town that you know it has a redneck aura to it, all right. If 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 you got two cops with badges and bullets, and he started frisking your wife up and down, does the wife tell the tell the husband to be cool because if you interact, you gonna get chopped off at the knees and then get your head bashed. And then they're going to have her, their way with her anyway, and you're unconscious. That's part of the scenario that has to be interjected in and all of that, if that were the case. I mean, in a, in, especially in that movie situation. Or if, you, if you're in a predicament where everybody's redneckers and, and, and packing arms, and you, know, you are unarmed, does the wife tell you to chill 
and let this let this moment pass, and both of y'all go home together, or do the, the husband interact, get back in, and risk being hung by the nearest tree. Answer that question, somebody. All right, Regina. Okay. <laughs> well, um, hi. And I'm I'm listening, and and I can appreciate everything that that everybody is saying, and. I pretty much agree. Well, I really agree with with what you're saying. But to answer the the last question that was posed, and I thought about this while somebody else was speaking also, I, anybody who is, anybody who dates me knows that I'm going to handle a situation in a proper way. Going through the channels So If I'm being frisked And I know And I'm thinking of a specific person I know that he is not Going to let anybody um, Usurp his manhood Even though he's not my boyfriend He's in the He's in the, the space Where I am I'm going to look at him and tell him to be cool. He's probably not going to pay attention. I would hope that he does because as soon Mm. as that man Mm. takes his hands off of me, I will be calling my attorney. I will be calling the chief of police. I will have that man's badge, and I can guarantee you that next day, he will not, he will be on death duty and they will be um, looking into the situation. So I would not want a, I would not want a man, I wouldn't want to lose my man or a man for something that we can handle in a different, in a different way. And in the end, we will get the glory. We will get to gloat. We'll get to sit across from that person and say, Man. you know, you thought you had us, didn't you? But you ain't got us. Now mm. you don't have a job. Oh no. Hey, um, I would I would not let I would not let anybody I would pray that they would understand. Let's go through the proper channel. And I, I have, if they were frisking me in the wrong way, oh, I have, I have something for them too. They, they, they would get so confused. They get so confused because I act like I was enjoying it. And they'd be like, "What in the world? Oh yeah, uh huh." Then in the end, I didn't ask you to put your hands on me, but that was the way I could get out of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I messed their minds up. Mm. (laughs) We ain't going to put hands on you. (laughs) There'll be some confused individuals when they leave because, see, they thought they were getting the upper hand. But, no, it's a mind game. Oh, nobody. Uh Uh-uh. No. I'm not even going to tell you everything I say. Because it's all on, um, it's all on their camera. So the question is, why did you have your hands on her anyway? 
Right. Amen. For her That's to right. even be That's enjoying right. it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm through the night. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good one, Regina. That is a good one. I've never thought of that. I've never had it happen, but that's a good one. Yes, sir. You would destroy their mind. You would destroy their mind. And their intent was to insensitize, to desensitize you. You would mess their mind up. Yes, you would. I know cops, and that would destroy, that would utterly destroy <laughs> if you saw it. <laughs> if I saw that on the video, I'm going to drive to that town. <laughs> you stay right over there in Atlanta or Florida where you are still messing <laughs> I'm on 75 right now. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, God. A smart, southern, single woman who has to learn how to protect herself when, yeah, you're right. Right. when she's not there. <laughs> you know, because I don't, mm. it's just my daughter and I. So I'm mm-hmm. having, as, as Cheryl said, the the object is to get back home. Right. right, right. Look, you see two million body bags. You can tell the person you got AIDS or anything just to get back home. Anything to get back home. That's right. And once I get back home, hell has no fury. Hey, Amen. It's crazy out here. It's hey, crazy. Guys, let me, no, I, I just saw the video of, of, of Sacramento. I just saw that. This is crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, let me let me take a short break and we'll come back and continue our conversation. <laughs> a little break after that. I'm yeah, going we, to choir rehearsal. Bye, y'all. Oh, 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 you're going to choir rehearsal now. <laughs> now I'm going to choir rehearsal, yeah. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> Yeah, re- sing hard, Regina. Sing hard. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good night, y'all. Enjoy your yeah. thing like you Lord, enjoy the police. The, the Lord, I stretch my hand. <laughs> Cheryl, you can we'll have right for the rest of the evening. I'm gone. So, what do you want to do? I'm here, baby. I'm ready, baby.
their love to their wife, their loved ones, you know. So those are the things. But I guess in um, in a you know, we have to evaluate each situation. But you know, I tell him all the time just to make sure that you come home. And out here, it's so different than what it used to be. We can't do a lot of the things that we used to could do. Um, so that's why we have to stay safe. You know, we have to humble ourselves, men, women, whoever it may be. We do. Because we want to not be delivered to the mall in a body bag. We don't want that. All right. Final thought for this evening? <clears throat> just that the general sense is to make it home safe, you know, um, just when those situations, you know, have a calm head, do what, um, who's ever in charge tell you to do, to de-escalate it, then if we feel violated, you know, go through the proper channel. So I agree with everybody was saying tonight, you know, the key objective is let's make it home safe. Thank you. All right, Reverend Smith, your final thoughts for this evening. Basically the same thing that everybody else says. You can de-escalate the situation by ignoring and and doing, because a lot of cops nowadays and people are always trying to push you into doing more than you really want to do. They are trying to make you escalate things themselves so that they can say it was your fault. So all you got to do is just just be cool. Cheryl got the right idea. Just be cool and don't say something. Just leave your mouth. Sometimes our mouths get us in more trouble than we really need to be in. So just be cool and get home. Get home. You got a, you got a, you got another avenue. You always got another avenue. God bless. All right. Uh, as always, guys, I truly appreciate you the role that you play in the show. And uh, we really want to uh, just be honest when we're on this show and discuss all these issues and these the selected topics in the most honest way possible. Uh, this show is on seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We want you to call in at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear as we discuss the subject that impact our lives now and in the future. We have to be an involved participant in the direction that our country goes, our state goes, our city goes, and our communities. It is up to us to be a positive force for all of the areas that we live in. Take care, everybody. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. Call in to 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruptions. your children and don't let them fall by the side of the road
Just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 